0: with the oscars on sunday we decided to cover one last oscar-nominated film over the last month we covered most of the movies that are up for best picture tonight we're going to be talking about a movie that isn't up for best picture but is up for best costume design best production design and best original score I think Babylon definitely deserves those three nominations, but it's probably disappointing for Damien Giselle, who wrote and directed it. Damien Giselle has directed a few films at this point, many of which have won various Oscars, including Whiplash and First Man. One and two and Looks like that might be all night. Neiman? He also wrote the critically acclaimed Cloverfield sequel, 10 Cloverfield Lane. But, more than any other movie, Giselle is known for the 14-nomination, six-win sweep that was La La Land in 2016. That sweep knitted Giselle the Best Director Oscar, making him at 32 the youngest ever winner to this day. We lost, by
1: the way, but, you know. Guys, guys, I'm sorry. No, there's a mistake. mistake. Moonlight, you guys won Best Picture. (laughs) Moonlight
2: won. Come on, this is not a joke.
1: This is not a joke. I'm afraid they read the wrong thing.
0: Giselle's work from his first directorial project, Guy and Madeline on a Park Bench, is obsessed with musical, jazz, and spectacle. This stems from his background as a jazz drummer, at least in high school, before deciding to pursue film in college. 1, 2, and... NOT my FUCKING TEMPO! La La Land was a musical inspired largely by films from the 1920s, although set in modern Los Angeles. With Babylon, Damien Giselle set out to make his large 1920s period drama, which revolves around the move from silent film to talkies. In 1927, Hollywood faced a cataclysmic shift that was Al Jolson's The Jazz Singer.
3: That's a thing. He's white. He's He's white.
0: The Jazz Singer was the first feature-length talkie, combining dialogue, sound effects, and music.
1: Mommy. Mommy.
0: It arrived just in time for the 1929 First Academy Awards, which honored films from 1927 and 1928. Warner Brothers basically awarded itself an honorary Oscar for the jazz singer for the pioneer talking film, which has revolutionized the industry.
4: It's man. Everything's about to change.
0: Babylon is essentially Giselle's dark and excessive take on singing in the rain. Gene Kelly directed and choreographed Singing in the Rain to be a story about the trials and tribulations of three Hollywood stars thrown into the tumultuous talkies. While Singing in the Rain is lighthearted, musical, and fun, Giselle's companion piece is dark, revels in excess, and is honestly quite grotesque.
5: This is what a degenerate fucking animal
3: from Jersey does.
0: The most sympathetic character, Manny Torres, played by Diego Calva, is based off of Gene Kelly's Don Lockwood, but rather than a star, Manny Torres is an immigrant hired hand at Don Wallach, who is a kinescope executive, large, star-studded orgy parties in the Hollywood Hills. He dreams of going on to a movie set and is pulled by Brad Pitt to Jack Conrad, a director-actor based on silent film legend John Gilbert, into the debauched but enchanting world of Hollywood movie making you got to redefine
1: the form. The man that's gassing in your tank goes to the movies. Why?
0: The film is three hours, spans from 1926, the year John Gilbert's main rival, Rudolph Valentino, died, to 1932. The standout performance, like always, is Margot Robbie playing Nellie Leroy. Once again drawing from Singing in the Rain, Nellie is a silent film actress, well, one she's discovered in 1926, whose voice can't keep up with the transition to talkies. Hiya,
5: this is Joanne Come. Come. Mother! Scene 17, take 6! Mark! Action! Well, hello, college! <laughs> Who's these?
0: To really show us where we are in time, Jack Conrad places a call to a drunk and already fading Gloria Swanson, the star and inspiration of Sunset Boulevard decades later. Although she has star power, he negs her into coming on set. Gloria, you have buckets of charm. This is real drama we're talking about, Shakespeare-level stuff. Of course you could do Shakespeare. You would be spectacular in one of the sluffier plays. The scenes with Margot Robbie are reminiscent of scenes from Singing in the Rain as Lena Lamont struggles with her harsh voice.
2: Yeah, good, let's gotta talk into the mic. I can't pick it up.
0: Margot brings the full Harley Quinn accent, and as always, you forget she's Australian. Along with the transition to talkies, Hollywood is transitioning from the pre-code era to the haze code. The vice and the libertine lifestyle of stars in the roaring 20s would be toned down in the 1930s as Hollywood cracked down on sex, drugs, and even plots where bad guys win. Babylon revels in the excess and is breathtakingly beautiful when it hits the nail on the head. However, three hours is a long time, and there are times, like Tobey Maguire's very strange cameo, that it feels like Giselle is just trying too hard to shock us in ways that are just low art. It's not a low art, you know. I want not even know that. What I do means something to millions of people. The final scenes of the film, which take place in 1952, are a meta look at the transition to talkies as an aging Manny Torres literally watches Singing in the Rain. This could feel incredibly contrived and feel like it's too on the nose, but I personally enjoyed it. It's the feeling of somebody rediscovering their love of movies after going through hell. Personally, that's why I like the Criterion Channel.
2: Singing in the rain, what a glorious feel and I'm happy. Again.
0: Anyway, before I introduce the panel, let me say, please like this video and subscribe to the Movie Night Extravaganza YouTube channel. Also, we are now monetized, so if you have any pressing questions during this live show, send us a super chat. We are absolutely obligated by international law, human rights law, to answer it. We also have a Patreon, patreon.com slash movie night extra. All of our after parties are available on there forever. Okay, let me introduce the panel. Janderworld, illustrator, book cover artist, comic designer, and artist forgive them an argument, co-host of Movie Night Extravaganza, and Bad Takes. Christina Oaks, when she's not dog sitting, you can find her streaming on Twitch at twitch.tv slash cosmopolitics. You can find her on Twitter and Instagram at Cosmopolitics. Throw her some subs on Twitch. I, of course, am your Academy Award nominated host in the supporting role, Forrest Miller. Let's bring out those nominees. I gotta, I gotta rework uh, some of our intros. I think this week because we're going out of Oscar time or whatever. And uh, I still, I still cut off the yeah. part where um, I plug Christina's Patreon, and it just ends really abruptly. It's like send her some subs on Twitch. <laughs>
4: <laughs> need know, the most letters, relatable, too. the
0: most relatable scene in this movie to me is when he runs into the camera operator's room or the camera, you know, the camera rental place. And Mm -hmm. there's a whole like thing of forms he has to fill out and he's trying to fucking dip with the camera. And that he's like, uh, you know, a two seven Oh eight or a two seven Oh nine. And he's like, is there a difference? And the guy just starts laughing at him as someone that went to like actual film school and dealt with like, you know, people that were like pretty fucking entitled to have the, uh, you know, the camera, the camera rental job, which they were all nice, but like, you know, like, it's like college students usually that like uh just there's always you know, that one guy learned all the differences between the cameras and they're like oh is there a difference well mm. let me tell you something i'm making no money <laughs> <laughs> yes
4: oh god i i i i i like this film it could have been better it could have been a bit shorter but uh, again margot robbie definitely stands out during her flop error between this and amsterdam but I do think uh, it, it kind of feels like the Jordan Peele effect, like they're expecting her to do something even better. Like she always comes out with with a film where her performance stands out Oscar worthy. But they're like, oh, Margo, you got it. You got to do something even better. Something that will definitely like give you like an oomph. like."
0: Well, it feels it feels that way with uh, Damien Chazelle in this, too, right? Like, yeah, they, like La La Land's his big, uh, you know, he's still the youngest director to ever get the best director uh win. As I yeah. said, in that glorious intro, like, yes. so they're, they're expecting something good. I mean, I think that this movie is pretty mediocre. I like, I thought there were parts of it that were like really beautiful. I really like when they're on the actual film sets and, uh, you yeah, know, you like, really, the battle. yeah,
4: you, you, you kind of forget that back way back in the day, they were literally filming like hundreds of films on one lot. Yeah, like out in the desert somewhere. It's like they were filming multiple films at once, and it was so chaotic. And you had to make sure that everything, like no one was interfering with everyone else's productions. Like, it was a whole like system back then, which I always found fascinating.
0: It's uh, it's how I imagine um, like a, multiple casinos getting shot at once would be when this yeah. uh, you know, fucking Joe Pesci and Robert De Niro out in the desert. <laughs>
4: <laughs> yeah.
2: Hmm.
4: The one thing that that fascinated me was the fact that I kept forgetting about that there was a pre haze Code era. Like, yeah. you were able to see such debauchery be performed. Like, um, let's see, I think Rudolph Valentino's most famous role was the Sheik, where he played, like, this, like, rapey, like, uh, prince or runner from, like, somewhere from the Middle East, and a lot of women were, like, into it. And I'm like, I get it, but, like, it was always fascinating to me how 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 we regressed when the haze code was implemented
0: yeah in, in case in case people don't know what that looks like hold on <laughs> um yeah it's uh you know it's quite it's quite the sight he had a very i mean he had a very short uh career i think yes. he would have gone on to some truly amazing things i mean that face alone right like um, Ooh. but uh yeah no it, it was you you get away with a lot more um uh, you know, it, it's kind of ironic that uh, it's kind of, I mean, this movie does hit the nail on the head on this. Um, you know, or, or, like, originally, it was based on, like, vaudeville, because, uh, you know, it's kind of just filming vaudeville acts, pretty much, and then it transformed into, like, larger plots, and, you know, some of the first uh, movies are obviously just, like, somebody dancing or something, and, like, you just, you know, you turn the fucking crank, and then you can see some, like, lady kind of just flash her titty or something like that. Like, Which is it, what Margot
4: Robbie did in her first, her character, in Nellie's
3: first film.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. it's an honor. So
3: it's, uh, I remember going to San Francisco, going to the uh, to, to the wharf. I think it was they had an old arcade where you can actually see those old hand crank uh, things where you like look in and crank it, and you just see like a scene.
0: Oh, you crank it?
3: Yeah, you, right. you crank it.
0: <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, and you know, I mean, a lot of it's just because vaudeville was already happening, so it's like why not just film that? Or I mean, some of the like the, the original ones are obviously like could we talked about this with. Uh, actually, it's still in our. Um, I think it's still in our gift thing but uh yeah it's like a lot of the original ones are just like a horse or like a cat or something like that which you do see yeah yeah look we have uh the first three of them
4: yeah and, uh, and again a lot of the films that were filmed back in the day were very very short short little like uh films they weren't really like fleshed I don't, out i don't like remember
0: them. how we got this one but <laughs> <laughs> no i don't either <laughs>
4: Like a lot of film, hey, like,
0: I'm a fucking <laughs> centaur. <laughs>
4: like, like, I don't know if a lot of our audience knows this, but like, quite a bit of fil- silent films have been like destroyed in like fires at studios. So there's mm-hmm. been very, very few. Um, it's it's quite amazing that there are still some films that are still like preserved the way they were originally made. Like what I think of silent films, yeah. I think and they of were like filmed on
3: asbestos. Uh, yeah. Yes.
0: And yeah, though, like or, the original film stock is incredibly fucking flammable, and yep. you know they didn't make that many, uh, very like you know they didn't make that many copies of it up until they had. I mean, you know, once they started uh, going around the country with theaters and stuff, obviously it was like gasoline. But um, but you know yeah. Quentin Tarantino kind of hits that perfectly with uh, *Inglorious Bastards* when the whole theater goes up, and the reason that it goes up is because they put all the film stock and then set a match to it, um, mm-hmm. which is kind of a like a beautiful uh you know end of the Nazi party in that movie yeah. because
2: he just takes down Hitler.
4: Yeah. Well, you know you know what's interesting about this film is like of course we know Brad Pitt's playing John Gilbert. And for those who don't know who John Gilbert is, he was one of the greatest actors in silent film uh, history. And he, legend has it, his voice made it difficult for him to struggle when talkies came about, which is completely false. It was a lot of interpersonal studio politics with Louis B. Mayer, who owned Metro to Mayer. So there was this, they actually show this in he was Babylon. Also a, uh,
0: he was also a reckless alcoholic. and Yes. Like, as soon as That's his it. career kind of stalled out, I mean, the, the alcohol took over, as it does with many people. I mean, he fucking drank himself to death at like 38.
4: Yeah. But there's a scene where they're all si- singing, singing in the rain. That's a real film that MGM did called the Hollywood Re- uh, Reven- Review of, like, 1929. And it stars all the actors that were going to be, like, the next best the, like next best thing. And then people who who transition from silent to talkies. And every time I say talkie, I want to say tanky so bad. So I do mm. apologize. <laughs> that slits out. Yeah,
0: Stalin, see? We got him starting in this new feature. <laughs> the tanky. <laughs> <laughs> we got the Soviet era tank. We're going to roll like, it all up. It's like, do I like, <laughs> really got to
4: do this singing in the rain? I'm like, if you look it up, they, that's exactly the film that they actually took real elements from that period mm-hmm. and made it into the film. Like, apparently, I, Margaret- I just
0: watched uh singing in the rain last night. I realized um, right before we were talking about doing this episode, I hadn't actually, I think I've seen pretty much like, you know, half the scenes in it. I, yeah. I realized I hadn't actually seen the full two-hour movie, watched it last night, liked it way better than Babylon, I hate to say but uh yeah, yeah.
4: well, you know what's funny about singing the rain is <laughs> that the actress who plays, you know, the um the one who has trouble singing or trouble speaking properly, she actually does her own singing that Debbie Reynolds ended up lip syncing too. Like the smooth, rich solos. That's actually that actress. That's not Debbie Reynolds actually singing. I'm <laughs> like, I'm like well, this I mean, that, really- that's
0: a contrived voice. Like that's not her real, but I do, I do, like I do that- love those. Those I'm scenes like- are played for comedy so well. And he's like,
4: Pierre, you shouldn't have come. Them.
2: <laughs>
4: I can't stand them.
2: <laughs>
4: but her voice is not like, she did a good job doing that voice. But like, when I found out that Debbie Reynolds wasn't actually doing her own singing for like the parts where the actress is supposed to lip sync to her, I'm like, "Whoa, whoa!" so you mean to tell me that singing in the rain is just about a woman lip syncing to her own voice? <laughs>
0: um what I, I i think that they did a really good job in this movie with uh you know they they had the the same i'm trying to um remember the the, the actress's name that plays the older actress that plays the uh the voice coach in this gene um, smart she's been Jean in a lot smart? of no i I mean yeah. in in uh not in this in, in singing in the rain oh, okay. oh yeah
4: uh, I can't um, stand.
0: but uh <laughs> but yeah gene smart does an amazing fucking job kind of uh doing doing that doing both i mean the luella parsons kind of role yes where she's where she's the but she also takes um because this is what you know someone like luella parsons did which she fucking did it for reagan which all you know sure her grave should be yeah. fucking pissed on for that she, she, but um she, she
4: kind of she took the mask off of old hollywood and like oh here's what's really going on like you but know she would but she would
0: pick favorites and the you know there would be a, a quid pro quo between um, I'm glad I said that correctly. Between yeah. the studio squid and pro uh, Ro. <laughs> Squid Pro, <laughs> Squid Squid Pro, yeah, Squid Pro Row versus Wade. Um, <laughs> between between uh, yeah, but there would be a quick quick now. See, Quick, quick Pro quote <laughs> her her and uh, the studio system where she would take certain people under her wing. That's not why she did it for Ronald Reagan, who was actually an unpopular B movie actor. It was because yes. they came from the same um like shitty town in iowa or whatever but um (laughs) but uh yeah so like so they kind of did the the nice double role in this where she's um both being like the voice coach that's you know uh that's like trying to teach her how to be like a lady once the you know once the the tide kind of changes and hollywood is is you know has to become more um it's it's interesting i mean it's a real thing but like it's interesting that talkies were the thing that made hollywood finally uh non vaudevillian kind of because i mean yeah like I, the jazz singer is incredibly vaudevillian. Like, yes. I mean, down to the fact that he literally just does blackface at the end. But like, just the entire I'm movie is. Age <laughs> He's well, white.
2: <laughs>
4: For a lot of people who are like, well, how come everyone kind of sounds the same in the early talkies? And I'm like, well, again, a lot of these actors didn't need their voices in the beginning. So we didn't know that someone had a strong Southern draw or a tough New Jersey accent or maybe even something that sounded like European. So they're like, we had to come up. They had to come up with like, okay, these people are supposed to be like upper class folks or the shop girls or the aristocrats, like like type of like aristocratic type of character. So speaking of Audubon. yeah. So they came up with this this mid Atlantic accent, and when people hear mid Atlantic, I honestly think of Grace Kelly because she had a strong like Bostonian accent, I think. And so she she realized that you know she has the beauty, she has literally the grace, but her voice just doesn't didn't really fit what hollywood had in mind for her so she completely changed her voice in a way that sounds very regal very soft and honestly i think margot robbie can totally portray her at one point in a film about her life because yeah i mean anyone is so accent good at that her.
0: you forget that she's fucking australian yes like, not, not to cut you off on that i mean i'm just agreeing like yeah like you forget the entirety of uh you're like oh shit like because every time i see her talking in uh in an interview or when she did those uh quick cutaways in um in uh fucking the 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 adam the adam uh, mckay movie um oh the big short she did the she did the cutaways where they had her in like the bathtub or whatever and she had a regular accent like and it was right after i had seen wolf of wall street i was like oh shit yeah she's uh she's australian
4: you know who (laughs) you know who's also australian who looks like her was in this film samir weaving
0: There's like there's like four actresses that kind of look like uh, her, and they all kind of look like each
4: other. oh yeah, it's a whole thing. It's like they're both, but I think I think it was interesting that in the beginning you see I for like Samara Weaving in this, and I was like, oh my god, if if I want, I'm like not only were they in the scene together, but it's like there was no like joke about oh these two kind of look a lot alike. And yeah, they they do look
0: they do look a lot alike, and when when she walks in or whatever, and she's like her main rival.
4: I was like, wait a minute, that's Samara Weaving. It My also, uh, so true.
0: It, it definitely, it definitely cracked me up when she gets the surgery to just fuck her over. She's like, "Oh, guess we got to shut down and bankrupts her rival." Like, that's some, that's some yeah. fucking old Hollywood shit.
3: Yeah, yeah, sure. I do want to actually circle back to Jean Smart because, um, like, like she has become like a an incredible actress. Like, 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 yes, she's um, having a moment. I know, and and I'm loving it because, like, like I remember uh, her on Designing Women yes and, um but like to this day i i remember like like my all-time favorite line from that show was when she goes why did the boys get a cup what do the girls have to do, drink from a hose?" <laughs> yeah i also like
4: that they Noah Hawley holly played a part in her like revival because she was on legion yeah and then she's she getting all these uh, other roles
3: nominal in uh fargo
4: yes like really like, yeah she, she was Yeah, like, I kind of like the idea of some of these directors, creators, like, giving like, a lot of the older actors who've been around, like, a chance. Because it's almost like, like, I always think of Jennifer Coolidge, even though she's not that old, she's having a moment, too. No, but, like, like Fargo is,
0: like, and honestly, though, that season especially is, like, such an amazing ensemble piece. Like, uh, you know, there's there's so many actors, I feel like, that were in that season that don't get their due. Like, uh, Bokeem Woodbine playing yeah, and uh, like soul
3: tie was in that season too from uh, Battlestar Galactica. I,
0: I, my fa- my favorite, my favorite character in that entire season is just Mike Milligan. And it's the book Woodbine Cause I don't think he gets his credit whatsoever. Oh, like, yeah.
3: Would could do a movie where he's reading the phone book and I'd be there.
0: but i love i love when he walks in at the end and uh he's like because i I had this friend bubba who passed away but we were watching like fargo together and he kind of reminded me of um the mike milligan character like he had the same kind of thing he always dressed up really fancy and he would walk in and just kind of like say something like uh you know like really intellectual but we watched the end of that season together like he was always hanging out like drinking with me at my mom's at the time and uh when he walks in and he's like um he's like revolution and he's like defining it and i was like dude that's you like this is 100% you <laughs> and then he fucking then the end of it he's uh when when he gets when he realizes his promotion isn't that he's going to be like you know the head like the head boss or something they just put him in a corporate office it's yeah, like, like the, like the most heartbreaking head-to-down. end of a season of anything ever and, and it's like this guy like killed multiple people like why do i feel so bad that he's just in an office now like
3: yeah, he's out there know. killing people. of his dream. <laughs> you know,
4: you know what's so funny about this movie though. My favorite, like, my favorite scene is either when Margot Robbie gets pinned by that rattlesnake, <laughs> or, or, oh or God. where she like literally throws up on William Randolph Hearst. I'm like, you know what? That mm-hmm. man has a castle. I want it.
3: Yeah, Hearst Castle been there, done that. That's mm-hmm. like <laughs> gonna be. <laughs> that's gonna be when I make
4: from. it big on Twitch. That's where we're all gonna live. All
0: right. So this is uh, this is a cast interview. Giving the inside scoop of the snake fight, um, yeah, and a lot of it is Gene uh, Smart and Margot Robbie. So we're really, we're really Dines. in for a treat. Yes, I'm stalling because I was finding the clip.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
5: I kind of have a sense if I read a script that I'm kind of like, Hey, oh, yeah, I think I know how I'd deliver that line, or like, yeah, I know how I'd, I know how I'll get a handle on that or that aspect of the character. This script, I was like, I, the rattlesnake thing, I have no idea what I'm gonna do, and the projectile vomiting, I have no idea what I'm gonna do. I don't know how to pull that off.
6: Which she did, like a veteran. we'll <laughs> <so. laughs> figure. <laughs>
5: mm-hmm. But it's true because you read a script like through the lens of this is a Damien Chazelle film, mm-hmm. and then you you know that's so quickly really, followed by to, like, a gorgeous scene her, that Jean and Brad, Brad have it. together. It. And I'm like, yeah. It's very yeah kind of writing and I, uh, right before it I'm projectile vomiting on people so I was like how do I do it I mean I know how I would do this if this was a you know a straightforward comedy right now but how do I do it and let it still exist in a film that is elevated and mm. cinematic and you know it has to be so absurd and it also has to remain elevated in this kind of like cinematic space <laughs> I don't know how to do that um yeah it was fun though but you did you did it it was fun it was very fun I think I felt a little bit, um, I was very nervous with our snake fight scene because I, I, I don't know how you kept a straight face when.
4: <laughs> Too. When I just, you, I don't, you, you laid there so still. It's because she was a popsicle. <laughs> I'm so yeah, frozen that over at that point. <laughs> And then just Damien just kept saying, suck harder. And I'm just thinking, oh my God, this is so embarrassing. And I, all, all I could was
0: the so worst scary. direction I've ever received. <laughs> <laughs> <Suck harder. laughs>
4: but I just wanted to be kind of telepathically communicating with you because
5: you were you had your eyes closed and I really wanted to just say, I'm so sorry, Marco.
2: (laughs) (laughs) And I just didn't, you know, oh, uh. Well, also, didn't you say
5: that it was the the, the stickiness of our stat? as soon as they pulled the snake off, all the sticky
4: stuff got covered in sand? Well, because, yeah, she and was covered yeah. yeah. in uh, sand. We uh, had yeah. so much honey. in yeah. as well. Yeah. That was mm-hmm. And cracks. then, you know, if people were to, if I were to give you an honest
5: answer to how kissing Margot was, it was gritty. <laughs> gritty. Yeah, uh, it was gritty. Uh, it was really-
1: I've heard that before. <laughs> <laughs> And, um, <laughs> but we're gotcha.
5: Guys, <laughs> a gritty kiss. Yeah. Yeah. She tasted like honey. I mean, it, the pot, the venom was honey, so it was gritty. Yes, from all the sand, but oh. it was also so right. loud. It was a very loud. It was, there was a lot. Oh. Going See the on. things we get to do. Choking
2: baby tellers She's an awesome. it was hard to They got all rattlesnakes over there. So real, though, it was hard to watch. Yeah. Well,
6: how about the real <laughs> the ones? The real ones. Oh, <laughs> yeah. There's how close
2: were
5: you to the big pissed. one? Was there a plastic uh, class between you? No, but no. the closest I got was probably to the other side of the table. No. Like it's still but you could get them from there all up. different. Yeah, but you know, they, I, I asked up. the guy, I was like, if I got bitten, yeah, like how problems, long I right. had. and Do I have to bet? Yeah. <laughs> 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 yeah we were far away. I was like, well, how, where's the closest hospital and how long until I, like, I'm past the point? Like, if I do get bit, <laughs> well, like, yeah, how long do I have? Before you know, we don't get to the hospital. <laughs> he was pretty vague on the answer too. I was like, I would love some specificity <laughs> on this one. <laughs> <laughs> but couldn't a snake strike you from that distance? I don't know. Yeah, that's got to be no. true. I, I was ready to run though. I <laughs> <I don't know. laughs> Look at that animal
4: training
2: goes
5: on
4: exactly.
0: You know, when I first moved out, yo-
4: uh, I will. I will say I'm this: gonna... Margaret Robbie is notorious for doing all of her own stunts, like she's like i i mean she's more than just a pretty face okay like she's yes. a phenomenal actress and she needs her due okay like <laughs> i will say it but yeah, that's uh, crazy she's just, like,
0: she's just like uh gene kelly and singing in the rain she does all of her own stunts
4: literally yep. also too she then, but then, here's yeah. the thing the, the difference between Margaret robbie and gene kelly is that all her hair is real <laughs> Have you seen? Did you ever see that photo of, of Gene Kelly without his toupee? I was like, the illusion has been shattered because I had a deep no, crush it on up him. Right now, seriously, Gene Kelly.
3: I, I grew up. God, oh God. In Atlanta. Oh no.
4: <laughs> yes. What? Yeah. Yeah. Oh no. Oh yeah.
3: <laughs> Just Roman for life. It in the
4: pirate. Look at this. Oh, this here is we go. So sad. Trigger warning. Trigger. Oh. <laughs> uh.
0: oh. I don't so like that. Sad. I like how the Pinterest thing is still a good looking man. I mean, yeah, but like uh, that hairline though. <laughs> yeah. It's, I mean, it's, I'm, uh, totally I'm going Brando. to talk but, like, I'm, I'm, <laughs> but Yo, that, <laughs> at least it doesn't tiring. have your
3: hairline. <laughs> mm. But, but no, yeah. I, I, mean, well, I, no I don't he... know. He
0: he, he could have, well, he, he couldn't pull off the Vin Diesel. You, see, you know what I mean? Like he, yeah. he, yeah. uh, he couldn't have shaved his hairline for family.
3: No. Can we talk? As about... uh, my dad used to always say, that uh, God only made a few perfect heads, and the rest he covered with hair.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
3: my dad was bald, so.
2: It's
0: it's it's Vin Diesel, Bruce Willis.
3: It's giving. Yeah, we're Schwarzenegger uh, and, and you know Stallone got malformed heads.
0: Yeah, I saw the I saw the video that uh that uh Arnold Schwarzenegger put up last night. Did you see yeah. that? where he's talking about going to the, going to, so he just put out this video. It was very, it was like very moving. It was about him going to uh, Auschwitz and like seeing it and walking through and uh, anti-Semitism and, you know, growing up in Austria. Like it was like this 11 minute video and the first like few comments underneath it are, because well he, he was like at the end of it he's like you know he's saying that he wants to reach out to people that are um uh, like overcome by fascism and doesn't really you know anti- and anti-semitism and like wants to you know help people not uh be in that moment and he kind of gets it but like so it was like this very moving video and the first like five comments underneath it were just like yeah you fucking fascist you were into vaccines you were into the covid vaccine and like that was like the, a list of comments underneath it and i was like this just made me sad and disheartened because i don't you know I mean, this, this guy clearly like put his, you know, put his heart out into this video. Yeah. He's like Mike Thernovich underneath it being like, yeah, this fascist, he wanted people to take the vaccine. It's like, number one, that's not what fascist means. Number two, like what? <laughs> yeah.
3: Yeah. No, I mean, you know, Schwarzenegger fascinating because he's just, uh, he's a Republican, but he's a nice
2: guy. He's yeah. complicated. Yeah. <laughs>
3: yeah he's you know, I mean he's also a creep in some ways and you know like like yeah
0: <laughs> he's banging all his housekeepers yeah. stealing okay. back from the fascists just... you ever
3: see the uh, video of him in Brazil like when he was young and drunk
0: no all right alright let's 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 get back on track I just yeah uh, I, got, I, I got watched it I watched it at 5 a.m and so I couldn't message the group chat and ask if you had seen it and so I just thought of it
2: <laughs>
4: oh so can we talk about how they? The early stages of talkie films, how it was such a pain in the ass to actually film talkies in the beginning because they did not get the technology correct. Like everything was either too loud or too soft, or you could really, like hear me and, every, it's like, like me and my fucking thing.
0: tiny microphone over here that I yeah. have to always remember to like be like, this.
4: Who sneezed? Who stayed? <laughs> Who, Who coughed?
0: well there's, there's a really good line and i'll I'll play this clip there's a really good line that they say in, in the interview where um they're like the, the irony of it is that you know the process of making uh silent films was really loud because obviously they didn't have to worry about you know uh the like anything to do with the um i mean number one they were filming multiple ones at the same time yeah. so it was like also, an too, entire they just
4: played like a piano door like in the theater i think for
3: like yeah yeah yeah, yeah.
0: that's uh, that's that's how they like they would do well, it live. which is why of... i mean once again a connection Does to vaudeville a... right like yeah.
3: Yeah, and if you have a, like a good local theater, they still play silent films with a live orchestra. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Comment at the same time. Um. But uh. Yeah. So the 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 comment they made is like you know it was actually really like really really loud on the set of a uh of of a silent film, and then it had to be really really quiet on the set of a like the talkies, and they weren't. You know they weren't used to that whatsoever which I mean if you watch the jazz singer uh most of it is still silent like I mean they yeah. have the, the the music track to it obviously and I don't think they played that live they but just like did you know what they could yeah it it's like still done experiment. it's still done with the captions and everything um you know when they have to like, kind of write copy on on that and then you know the last 10 15 minutes, it, that that's like when they really wowed people with the they just sit there uh and listen to him be white for the first you know two-thirds of it and then the final third number one there was music and it's number true. two and he was in blackface
2: <laughs> yeah
0: he's, he's white <laughs> i was like i was like chilling on uh saturday night and i was like because i like edit i usually edit these on like saturday or Sunday and. um like the intros, and I thought of that, and just started dying laughing for like ten minutes. And I was like, I can't, I can't get away with like including that, can I? And I was like, I'm gonna do it because I like write out a script and everything. Like I do it kind of professionally, and then I record it, and it takes a while to like record it, and then I cut it together and like kind of come up with what I want to do like on the fly. And then so when I did that, I was like, there's no way I can get away with just inserting fucking <laughs> Tom Hanks saying he's white. And I was like, holy shit, it works because i made it black <laughs> and white. <laughs> Um yeah so this is, this is the talking about the movie within a movie. Uh I like these uh round table cast things because they cut out whoever's like clearly prompting them. Yeah.
4: <laughs> also to Brad Pitt back off of Margot
3: Robbie, she's married.
0: Fucking crazy. Yeah, he's he doesn't back off. And, <laughs> and weirdly he's in
3: profile he looks like Brendan Gleeson for some reason in this <laughs>
5: set or whatever he would kind of be like go nuts I mean we had a scene one time where it was like you know what this room is a lot bigger than I thought it was going to be play in it you know instead of doing the three lines you meant to do and so things like that would come up and that was really great but yeah it was chaos and it was madness but He's a super specific filmmaker at the them? same time.
6: I like how you described, you know, come, when we were making the, we were trying to get the shot at sunset when, when
3: everything's, yeah. you know, a movie within a movie.
5: I mean, that that's such, that's like one of my fa- I came to visit set that day because I was like, this is something I, I just have to witness, even though I'm not in the scene. And I believe it was your Diego's first shooting day on set, and it's Manny's first day on a film set. And it is one of the most, it's something I'll never forget till the day I die was that day. And I wrote it down. I should read it to you guys after after this is all done, whatever. But I wrote it all down, like, today I went to set. It was the best day of my life, and blah, 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 blah. <laughs> <laughs> and I described all of it. But it was. It was just so art-imitating life in the craziest way that I don't know if we'll ever witness again, and on mm-hmm. a scale that we'll never witness again. You had 700 extras who were playing extras that were picked up from Skid Row and given swords and told to do a battle sequence for a free lunch. You've got <laughs> Spike Jones being like a, you know, Otto, the director, you've got Damien directing Spike. You've got Brad being Jack Conrad, the massive movie star, who's got this epic kiss with explosions in the background and everyone's trying to get this and you've got Diego's character Manny racing in with a camera to catch it before we that lose the light and all awesome. of this is happening while an orchestra is playing the mood music and everyone's explosions are going off and everyone was sitting there with like bated breath filming a crew Waiting sitting there this. with bated um, breath and the director Spike says cut we got, we got it. it and then they all run in and they cheer and then we were watching and Damien says cut we got it, and then we ran in, and yeah. shit, it was just the greatest.
0: Yeah, for all the madness of filmmaking, this scene
6: captures that 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 other thing that magic that that, that happens in scenes that you can only get, like you couldn't plan for. It mm. just happens, and when you
0: when you hit those moments, it's such a high. It's just a high.
5: We're so lucky we get to be on set and have movie magic moments and witness it firsthand. But. It's like if I could give that to everyone in the world, I would. I was like, I wish you knew what that felt like. And in Babylon, you're going to watch that and you get that. You get that moment. You're in it. You're totally there with everyone and you feel what it feels like to get that movie magic moment. Our walk and talk scene before the party was a one-er. Went for two and a half minutes and we did that 36 times. That was my. That was the most takes I've ever done in a scene. But, really? 36? Really? Yeah, 36. And it was like a two and a half minute scene. But no, the, the scene where Nelly does her first talkie, you really, and this is like a real credit to Tom Crossout, Editor, because you understand the rhythm. And for people who don't know how it goes on a film set, you kind of grasp that pretty quickly, too, especially now that sounds involved, like sound, mark, blah, blah, blah and action and then hitting the mark and da-da-da-da-da. And he kind of creates this rhythm and this propulsion with, with the repetition of it, building up to, obviously, a giant disaster where Nelly loses her shit and gets in a massive fight and all hell breaks loose. But I, I can't remember how many times we did it, but what I can say is that none of us had a voice by the end of that day. Mm. Like, literally, PJ, Olivia, me, like, none of us could speak because we'd been screaming so much and the whole thing had just gotten... You know, it's bigger and crazier as, as every scene does on Babylon. And it was hilarious to shoot. One of my favorite scenes when I read the script is the one that's always the scene that made me laugh out loud so much. And when I watched the movie, I just I, I think it's a brilliant, brilliant piece of editing and sound design. Another thing that I feel like we're not talking, don't get a chance to talk about enough. It's like the sound design in this movie depicting sound coming to film is just so impactful it's Uh, it's really like it's really amazing and you definitely appreciate it in that scene in particular because the iron the the irony is silent films were super loud and they were so loud they're like a cacophony of sound with sets and mood music and then sound came in and everything got silent so trying to like depict that transition on screen uh took a lot of clever people most of us just think about that scene and singing in the rain you know, yeah. where Gene Hagen's going, <laughs> I
2: can't stand him. I can't stand him.
3: That's great. I, I love the fact that, that that interview kind of captures like what is great about Babylon, but doesn't, you know, tell you like it really it's just kind of a mediocre film overall, though.
4: A lot With of the, great, the editing great is really
3: good.
0: It. It's a it's a gorgeous yeah. film that's mediocre. And yeah. you can, you can kind of, you can kind of take yourself out of the fact that it's mediocre for a lot of it because it's just, uh it's just so gorgeous. Like
3: it is beautiful. Yeah. It, it is like one of the, you know, the most beautiful films that, that uh, I've seen this, you know, this Oscar season and, and there's been some beautiful uh, films. I, I mean, you yeah. know,
4: <laughs> I, I, I do like the ending where you get to see like the evolution of cinema like you see yes. clips from like Avatar and like other yeah, films no throughout movies. the history.
3: No, I know no Marvel movies too. Yeah, surprisingly, funny. yeah, it's like it's like Avatar never made any cultural impact, huh? But Marvel movies have. <laughs> but I, I, I was
4: like, oh, I I was kind of waiting for the sing in the rain to happen. I was like, let's go.
0: <laughs> um, sing. Yo, that's been stuck in my head for yeah. days.
4: Do, 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 what about uh, well, you know, and some, I, I, have, I have a hard
0: time hearing singing in the rain without thinking of uh <laughs> Clocker when he's like
4: <laughs>
3: in the rain
0: <laughs> singing
3: in the rain No, but I
0: love I love I love when he's in the background and he's like
3: in the rain
4: in the rain
0: <laughs> I keep thinking of Tom
4: Holland doing the singing in the rain umbrella uh lip sync battle
0: that happened uh what 2 days before we were supposed to or three days that went viral before we were supposed to um do this three days ago Something like <laughs> that. Yeah.
3: Mm-hmm. but uh yeah and then we also have like zombie uh toby baguire in this movie which you know speaking of spider-man
4: that was that um, was where i was like what the hell is going on in this yeah i, and like, I, I got really me? i got
0: really anxious and i was kind of like self-soothing a little bit i was like I was like, I don't like this. This is this is unnerving. I've been (laughs) and and it comes in, it comes in at fucking uh I believe it comes in at two hours into the movie. Well no, like more than that. It comes in at like 220, right? You're like, oh, there's 40 minutes left of this movie. And it's uh... like uh he's taking you down there and it's like it's like he's taking you into pretty much the depths of the most depraved hell you've ever seen. Uh and it's like, I don't like where is this going?
4: Yeah, like what was the point in this? Like okay this happened but like where's the lesbian like sewing circle at like that's what i want i, wanted I like
0: i like that they uh give ethan Suplee play a little a little role in this by the way the 36 takes thing the first thing i think of when i hear 36 37 in a row <laughs> <laughs>
4: <laughs> wow that yeah, was our 100th the, episode
3: <laughs> yeah
4: toby mcguire moment i was like what in the hell like like I'm like, dude looks rough. I'm like, what happened? I thought he cured all his Spider-Man villains. What the hell's going on here?
3: Uh and, like I, I thought he got bit by a zombie like a two days before he filmed the scene and, and like just woke up from uh it as, as, as a zombie.
4: I mean he's a you good know, actor. He's... He I mean he was really he's really oh, good he when you give his all, but like but this I was like, what? I'm like, did he just like like show up to set like I'm ready, I can do this. <laughs> Cause he could play some wild characters
0: <laughs> hold on um, there's a video that that i just, just found out why he was, they went with uh, george
3: romero's uh toby mcguire there,
0: there's a video apparently of him going around where he handed out a bunch of booze for free at a uh screening of babylon i didn't know this existed until right now oh nice i'm trying to find it it says it says the video is running around but then it doesn't have the video Hmm. Obi Maguire.
4: i just like the fact that they made Nellie from new jersey i'm like nice what new jersey
3: nice new jersey girl
4: and you know what's so funny too is she actually doesn't sound exactly like harley quinn but like there apparently there is a difference between the new jersey and new york accents and she nails it
3: yes uh there you is know, a difference. if you hear me doing, it i'm mostly doing a connecticut accent because uh, yeah, I will be Connecticut for a few years, so
4: never ever tell like seriously people like that's not a Jersey accent, that's a Bronx accent. How can you tell? Nice.
2: <laughs> he looks really good
4: for being fifty. <laughs> if
3: somebody's- yeah, he doesn't look uh, like Joe. Why uh, <laughs> are that?
4: Ill. No, not Bill Maher.
0: Well, he was. He was. uh... <laughs> Toby, hand me some champagne. Okay. <laughs> Yeah. Um. I. Bill Maher was alive during this era. I bet.
4: <laughs>
3: <laughs> you know what? Filming it, that avocado it, woman film. Uh, it
4: is rather fascinating to me, though, that they didn't really mention like Rudolph Valentino much in this film. Well, he died.
0: So. He dies the year. Um, yeah the movie is supposed to start and you do see, uh, it was like, Oh, you know, that the one girl, it, it's a, it's a funny moment in it that it's, you know, uh, Rudolph Valentino dying. And then, uh, you know, like the, the, the Jack, uh, the Jack Gordon kind of character whatever. They're like, he gets married and that girl kills herself. And they're like one person that's not having a good day.
4: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. Like, because there were, there was a lot of, um, obviously there was a lot of closeted stars back in the day um Mm -hmm. you know gay men gay women who did the like the lavender marriage thing and i think rudolph valentino ended up actually marrying a lesbian and like she had like a freak out on like their wedding night and locked herself in the bathroom and like forbid him from touching her and i was like nice also too when he died like women were literally like it was like an open like funeral like everyone and their mother showed up for his uh for when he died i was like damn
0: this is the, uh, they, they basically, I think they use this in the, um, in the actual movie, like Valentino is dead. Yeah. Um, yo, know, it's crazy. You just see his like dead body. Yeah.
4: Yeah. All these women.
0: Yeah. <laughs> you ever seen I that? Mean, I, I kids ever seen see a dead body? I guess <laughs> I can see
4: the appeal. Well, I don't like, feel like, when, you mean, know, you we, we like have that. Like, up.
0: You mean like when he's dead?
4: No, I mean when he's alive.
0: <laughs> <laughs> you you can you can you know. ever you can't see the dead body but like you're about to.
3: But <laughs> well, we uh we don't quite have that monoculture like we used to. Like uh I remember in high school when Kurt Cobain died. Like like that was absolutely uh like like they set up counselors to see people all day. Uh, pe- everybody was crying. It was oh that happened when was, Michael Jackson died. The whole internet just. <laughs> oey
4: that was a weird day
0: yeah I remember where I was when I found out Michael Jackson died I was uh I wasn't on the internet yet but I mean like I don't know like I wasn't on social media yet but it was uh pretty I was sure I was a Facebook's nightmare I'm pretty sure I was, I was, at a, a, I, was I was walking I was walking with a bunch of people that like I was trying to be friends with in high school that, like, I definitely wasn't really friends with, but one of them really liked Michael Jackson, and I found out that Michael Jackson had died while we were walking, like, to the movies or something, and I was, like, a... I think it was, like, 2009, right? Yep. That, yeah, yeah, so I was, like, I, I think it was in uh, out in an
3: Afghan place. <laughs> I, I don't know why I remember that, but there's this... I feel, I feel, like, Val-
4: I feel like Valentino's funeral was, like, the first major, like, event that happened with, like, a celebrity dying. Like, I don't, like... I don't really think, like, I'm trying to think of, like, when, like, John Barrymore or any of those, like, from, like, back, like he was literally, like, the ultimate heartthrob, I guess? The the romantic leading yeah. man, like, the ultimate. And I'm over here, like, he's fine, I guess.
0: I mean, he's, you know, I, I think it's cool that he definitely had the perfect face for, like, the silent era. Like, those eyes. Yeah, and, and the other and, thing,
3: too, is, like, like, charisma. Like, like, you don't always get that in photographs, but, like, you just see somebody in video, who has charisma, like, like you don't need sound. You'll know, you can tell which one, you know, which person in the video has that charisma. It's just like this it factor that makes them a movie star. You know what I mean?
6: Yeah. Um,
3: i going to mute that while, while you play, play through the commercials until you skip it. Yeah. So, um, yeah, but, but like there, there really is, is, a uh, this, this undefinable quality that, that, uh, I call the it factor about, uh, uh, mm-hmm. certain, you know, certain actors, you know, certain people have it, uh, you know, certain rock stars, actors, whatever you want to say, has it, but not everybody oh, yeah.
4: has it. And also, too, like, you wonder, would have Valentino su- succeeded in talkies, considering he is an immigrant? I don't really think he would have been a successful. Where he from? uh he Yeah, I think he, he was from, like, Italy, I think.
0: Valentino.
4: Yeah, like yeah, he he let's see. because
3: I know but yeah, because um, yeah, like uh, oh, what's his name? Um, Charlie Chaplin kind of vanished after uh, talkies came out. It was
0: from Castaneda.
4: Well, also well, to a lot that had to do with the fact that he was riddled with scandals and stuff like that. With 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 uh, he had a, a paternity situation where a, a woman who was mentally unwell claimed that she that he was the father of her. Baby. And he says prove- Billie Jean.
3: No. He, he worked out uh, for Michael Jackson.
4: But he, it was shown in court that he was uh, He the mimed mim- that for
0: Michael Jackson, sir. He,
4: <laughs> Michael Jackson. It was, of- proved, it was yeah. proven in court that he was not the father yet. They're like, it doesn't matter. Look at this poor baby. It needs a father. A I church just imagine. <laughs> pay for it.
0: I just imagine, uh, <laughs> Mori, like, like that Maury Povich, but he's just like in, uh, old style fucking judge robes. And he's like,
2: <laughs>
4: what the hell type <laughs> Rudolph, Pietro, Filiberto, Raffaello, Gilemi, Di G- 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 Valentina, Di Angelo, I, I-, I-, I- R- Valentino. He's definitely Italian.
0: Yeah, it's from Castaneda, <laughs> but, uh, all right, here's the, here's the funeral video.
4: Look at the sadness and all I don't these think women. There's,
0: yeah, I don't think there's sound to it. It's because fine it's, because silent it's... film. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, a
4: lot of the home videos were still kind of like obviously there was no sound because this is
2: 1926.
4: <laughs> oh, look at these poor women. They're like, yeah.
3: Yeah, no, that was God just damn. like high school in 1993. I mean, you know, goddamn. Got or on, cops or right on horseback. Right <laughs> oh, wow. what do you think this is? Twenty twenty-two. oh man. <laughs> Whatever year it is.
4: You know what? This was probably the biggest celebrity death until like fucking Elvis Presley died. Probably like I. Well, maybe when Judy Garland died too. I don't know. Did it really make a bit? Yeah, I think there was a lot of people who showed up to that. uh To when she died.
0: Yeah, you guys, you guys ready for this? You guys ready for this?
4: Ooh, turned out for what?
2: Waited,
4: waited in the rain.
3: Waiting
4: in the rain, the rain, just waiting waiting in the rain. rain. You guys
0: hear my great. Ragtime that I have playing. Wait, what? Ragtime. Oh, I have the I have the entertainer playing in the background. You guys can't hear that?
1: Well, we can't no. hear it now.
0: <laughs> That's what we're sitting it's there like. What's happening? Oh because it's because it's uh I guess it's because it's not pointed at my hold on. Hold on, let me, <laughs> let, me, let me let me let
4: me let me do it this way. <laughs>
2: Is it
4: working still can't hear it so weird. All right. oh you know what but again it, it it does make you wonder like
0: i literally uh, i literally put my oh, i literally put my uh
4: i heard something there but yeah that was me oh There we go.
3: <laughs> Sounds so and happy. There he is. He had a funeral. <laughs> many sad mourners came out today.
4: Yes. Oh, the inhumanity. Oh, wait. The r- wrong year.
3: <laughs>
4: <laughs> yeah, it, it makes you wonder how many, like... Because obviously there was quite a few stars that died even before talkies came about. Like it makes no. you wonder, like how would have long cheney had survived as the you know man of a thousand faces? How he not died from lung cancer? Wait, how his career would have happened turn that
0: off for a second. I want to try it with this. I'll try it with this. Hold on. Oh boy.
3: By the way, this this clip I have is 15 minutes long of our ragtime music. <laughs>
4: Oops. <laughs>
3: <laughs> yeah, I grabbed something royalty-free. I don't know if we're going to get hit with a copyright strike. Between us. All right.
0: Well, I would, you know, I
3: feel like we're going to get into the copyright <laughs> bah, bah.
0: The... <laughs>
3: <laughs> I know. We need Kona
4: right now.
0: Well, is, I, I don't know. It's the Entertainer. I mean, it's from 1902. The copyright has to be. Did somebody renew the copyright on it?
3: I, eh. th- things get weird. I, I mean, like, like there's stuff that should be copyright-free that isn't, and... and uh I don't know. I'm so confused about copyright law, like like with certain things.
2: Yeah, it's just well, about the internet has
3: made stuff confusing.
4: <laughs>
3: but again, with this film, it makes
4: you wonder how. What's the point I'm trying to make? But like,
2: <laughs> what
4: I like about this film is that it does show, like you know, a lot of these actors probably wouldn't have had a successful career due to the fact that they struggled with, you know letting their accents be a little bit more hoity-toity if you will um also find like the right roles for a lot of these artists these actors like 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 when I think of some of the actresses that end up becoming like huge stars like I think of like Joan Crawford, Norma Shearer, Greta Garbo um A lot of those actresses, they were, they did silent films, but they were able to transition into like these, like either these like high class girls or like the shop girls, the it girl types. Um, It also made it easier for a lot of these like male actors to play like, um, like, especially if you came from like a theater background, like the Barrymore's, it was a lot easier for them to transition to, um, to talkies as well, because they had that background where they had to like speak and talk a certain way. Well, and I think well, and like- the thing about the
0: thing about uh Greta Garbo and uh John Gilbert is that um even as his career kind of faded out and you know he he had those problems uh she she and him were kind of like enough of a, a double act I guess in some ways yep. that um she would keep like kind of bringing him into projects which obviously is in this movie with Brad Pitt's character um it's something that we don't see at all because you know he doesn't have that uh he doesn't have that, like, person that he's bringing into it. Like, obviously, he, like, meets his Hungarian wife or whatever. But, like, you know, it, yeah. it, it, like, a lot of these a lot of these uh, lead actors were, like, kind of part of a pair. And I'm sure yeah. a lot of the pairs would um, burn out. But um.
4: A good example would actually be Joan Crawford and Clark Abel. Believe it or not, before Gone with the Wind, they did a lot of – they were, like, box office gold when they did films together. They even had an affair. Like they were they were one to like get married, but he was like already married to a woman like twice his age and he was know Clark Gable
0: uh, hooked up with Nancy Reagan.
3: Who hadn't books? I know he hooked up with
4: Loretta Young and (laughs) you know what's so funny about Clark Gable is that you know he has a very distinctive look, big ears, noticeable facial features. He had an affair with Loretta Young, an actress who was like 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 a she she was in silent films, but these she transitioned to um talkies as well. And this is how old Hollywood studios work back in the day. They had they worked on a film together. She got pregnant by Clark Gable. The studio was like, "Look, Loretta, honey, you got to go away for like nine months, give birth. We're gonna put your child in the orphanage. You're gonna come back later, claim you adopted her, and everything will be." But here's the problem: with, when you have a kid with Clark Gable, ears.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Well, they as kind she, of, they as, kind she, of uh... as the
4: daughter got older, they were like, they were like, Loretta, your daughter kind of looks a bit like Clark Gable. She literally <laughs> looks like a, exactly like him. And I'm like, yeah,
3: Ooh. like Bill Clinton's black son, who looks just like, like Bill Clinton. Like she literally, <laughs> she
4: literally, we're like, we pinned her ears back. And I'm like, oh my God.
0: Well, and it, like, um, that could I, work today. Though. You, American couldn't, horror you couldn't story. get away with
4: a story like that, though. Everything has to be out know, of the Bill open Clinton now.
3: sure did. <laughs>
0: uh american horror story kind of i think rips that off in one of those seasons right like uh with with a similar thing where it's like you know somebody has like a, a daughter with you know a, a big act or something and then adopts the kid um after the fact I, I think it's like the fourth season with uh yeah with the the freak show or whatever if i remember yeah yeah,
4: yeah. It, it, it is fascinating because back then the fact that hollywood studios were able to come up with a story that was believable but you know the Lowell parsons of the world were like something doesn't add up with any of these stories. Like, so-and-so, like, like, this actor was probably in a lavender marriage. This actress had an affair and had a kid with this actor. Like, nowadays, everything is out in the open. Like, and this is what Anna de Armas said. She's like, there's no such thing as a movie star anymore. There's no secrecy. There's no illusion. We know everything about everybody. And I'm like, yeah, we we don't have movie stars. Like, we have actors and actresses. Like, we just have people who... We have to know everything about them 24/7. There's no there's no mystery to them anymore. I mean, it's Which probably for the I-
0: best, considering that you know they put a lot of these actors and actors just, like into the meat grinder essentially. Like, yeah. I mean, you know, like because nobody really knew what was going on behind the scenes, they were able to just kind of drug them up and throw them out there, and then yeah, when when somebody kind of wasted away, and you could Uppers, tell downers. like when you look, you know, uh, in retrospect of the pictures and stuff, but like they're able to like keep them going for long enough that you know they would just find somebody else, and like I feel like it really did act like a machine in that way, like. You
4: guys remember the the article about who was considered box office poison, right? A lot of those actresses and actors from that transition from from silent films to talkies, they consider Norma Shearer, Greta Garbo, Clark. They consider this article was, was released in like 1938 or 39, and it was amazing how a lot of these great actors and actresses were considered box office poison. So it goes to show that even back then, a lot of these actors, you know, they were getting older. They they realized, oh, crap, we transitioned to talkies. We're getting older. We got to find different roles that fit our age. And that was a lot harder, especially for women back then.
3: Still is for women. Yeah. I, I mean, everyone, I, thinks,
4: everyone thinks yeah. that, oh, you're 30, you're past your prime.
3: Yeah. Which is why I'm so happy Gene Sparks still working. Cause, cause yeah. she is it's so Michelle creepy. Yo. It's
0: so creepy that like 30 yeah. is past <laughs> your prime that like, I it, like I, I feel disgusted by that at the core of it. Yeah, and especially like now 30. that like weirdos on Twitter are like, Oh, like somebody's hit the wall at 30. It's like, that is so fucking young. Like yeah. 10 years ago, they were like 20 years old. Like that's not okay. That's yeah. not, <laughs> yeah, I
3: mean, if you remember, uh, in, uh, you know, 1997, um, uh, I'm forgetting the actress's name, but she was on Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Sarah and, Michelle Gellar. No, 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 no. It was one of the vampires? Um, she, oh. Uh, Darla. Um, oh,
4: her, yeah, yeah.
3: And then, it's and then she one. did. Uh, at, at, like ten years later, she she was on a uh, show about a family that got superpowers, and she was the mom. And she was like married to Michael Chiklis and has like teenage mm. kids.
0: MDR says I hate that I have to hear about the sex life
2: of Pete Davidson <laughs> <laughs> too much. <laughs>
3: mm. Well, we don't cover that on this show.
2: <laughs>
3: the yeah Pete like, hey,
0: sex life podcast by the way I believe
3: it's in sex life podcast <laughs> is live right now if
0: we if we start making money from this like in the future I had this idea today um like schlock schlock film Saturdays like occasionally and it, you just do like a like old action movies or something like that like on Saturday I don't know why we I mean, just it's just because of the alliteration I like alliter- I'm an yeah. alliteration uh guy but
3: <laughs> yeah yeah no it's fun.
0: Um, yeah. What, what person that genuinely was toxic that kind of made it through this transition though. And like became like the biggest star of the era. Like after this arrow Flynn, Oh God. Yeah. A statutory oh rapist charged, yeah. charged and convicted and just like everybody just ignored it and like, kept fucking drug smuggler, him, so.
4: like, like,
2: <laughs> uh,
4: His I think grandson like was in Zoe one
3: Oh one
0: Charlie Chaplin also kidnapped a girl though. I mean, drove yeah. her over state lines. No, yeah. no,
3: like, like. like uh, if you just um, can't a get it kidnapping
0: anymore. That's why there's no stars. <laughs> you know, the closest thing we have to an old yeah, movie star is like Andrew, Andrew Tate. Yeah. <laughs> you,
4: know, you know what's so interesting about Charlie Chaplin is that... I, was like, gonna say,
0: I, I thought you were going to say Andrew Tate. I was going to say, I don't want to know. Don't tell no, me.
4: Yeah, No. Like, the most fight
3: like, him and Charlie Chaplin. Like, like, you know what's so weird about Charlie Chaplin? The other, day, his, the other
0: day in my cell, I, I saw something. It was quiet. It was Charlie Chaplin. <laughs>
4: So, like, Hollywood could excuse the fact that Charlie Chaplin was into young women. They couldn't excuse him with being anti-Nazi, though. They were like, oh, this Mr. Chaplin over here is a Jew. And I'm like, so? You're not supposed to be pro-Nazi, Hollywood. Like, that's what cost. like, they thought that The Great Dictator was like this horrendous anti-Hitler film. And I'm like, it's a great anti-Hitler film. But, like, yeah. why, why, why are you hating on it? It's a good film.
0: Yeah. By the way, the, the thing about, I, I, like, I hitting the wall hitting the wall at 30, like, that whole fucking thing on, on Twitter that people keep saying that's so gross, both me and my younger brother, who's four years younger than me, my mom was over 30 when she had both of us. Like, <laughs> like <it's, Yeah.
6: laughs>
0: people are like, oh, you know, after 30, you're no longer uh, capable of having kids. It's like, both, like, me and my younger brother are both kids that, you know, I, I, I would feel weird having, like, a younger mom than that, like... I don't know. Like my,
3: my wife's mom was over forty when she had uh, my wife. So,
0: I have a I have a friend you whose know. dad was I think like uh, sixty or something when he had him. When you know when like, mm-hmm. out, and I was like, Maybe that's a little too old. But like yeah. his parents were his his parents were both like sixty, and I was like, yeah, that, that might be that might be where you hit the. <laughs>
3: you know, but no no offense to our former guest Terry uh, uh, Casali, who uh, has a newborn baby.
0: Well, I'm, but he's he's a fucking rock star. He's been living like the rock star life, and I'm yeah, glad yeah. to see that he's like settled down. So many people that are like of that era of rock star have like burned out. So that's that's a, that's a little yeah, bit different no. than like my friend I, that lives I mean, in like a shitty house that I was like, yeah, maybe that's. <laughs> it, it,
4: it makes you wonder how burnt out a lot of these stars ended up being, like, with 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 the way things changed from silent to talkies, and with like the haze code. Like, I do feel like. The Hays Code really prevented cinema from really... I mean, old Hollywood's great and all that, but I feel like the Hays Code really got in the way of things. Because, like, the reason why they actually finally, like, got rid of the Hays Code was that, you know, television was, like, you know, movie's main competition. And if television has come out with, like, gritty dramas and, like, period pieces, then, of course... You know hollywood has to keep up with the times and realize you know maybe this haze code is not really such a good idea for us
0: well and also yeah. the studio system was crumbling i mean yep. you know in the way that um with with just a few like major studios or whatever like there's four of them for a long time i think like uh, rca kind of uh jumped in there or no rko my bad yes Jumps in, in um yeah which United artists is kind of interesting too. Cause it's like kind of just the B like the B movie studio that was just churning out B pictures. But, um, and the, the other thing that happened is there was a, um, a deal that all these studios kind of had to make so that they weren't putting out like, uh, you know, 25 or like 30 movies each a year. Like they had to actually like, cause you would basically own the, the theaters that your movies were playing in at one point. So like yeah. the studio would be like, Oh, well, this is a Warner brothers, uh, you know, theater. We only play Warner brothers you, movies.
3: You saw in the, in the film, there was a yeah. Warner theater. Yep.
0: And so, you know, at one point they said that this isn't working because like you have to have in each city like multiple of these theaters and they don't cross play each other's movies. That was around the time the the studio system fell apart. Um, They're like one of the deals is like, all right, well, you have to keep this down to like eight or nine films a year. Like I'll make a deal to do that and I'll make a deal to like cross uh, use these theaters, which is how something like AMC came up as like a company that just owns the theaters, which I feel like with like stuff like uh, that and like Fandango and stuff, it's kind of getting back to that, like consolidation where it's like, maybe this needs to not happen. also yeah. like HBO and uh, Warner brothers, like it needs to fucking dial it back. Give again. me
3: my Batgirl movie. Okay. <laughs> we, we need to break some stuff up uh, and bring up back a bunch of shelved movies, including Batgirl and uh, Picasso's Christ. We, yeah. we need to see Picasso's Christ to see if, uh, to hear my line. <laughs>
0: um but the uh the thing about um yeah the thing about the Hayes code though it, it crumbled around that time but yeah, it, it kind of it's really kind of fascinating like there's an entire like uh you know i mean we were talking about this at the beginning like an entire era of like dirtier films just because of the fact that you know there were there wasn't sound but there was still copy and i and i like that um you know the girl in this that ends up working for uh Pathé, which it, you know like path is like literally the thing that we just watched the uh, the funeral on because they have all of the stuff uploaded to YouTube. Honestly, if you're a documentarian that does quick cuts of like stuff for B roll and doesn't have access to that, like that's your fucking best friend. Probably shouldn't use it because you have to like actually pay for it. But like, you know, they, you can at least kind of track it down through that and know that there's stuff out there when you're looking for like a project. But um, yeah, it's kind of it's kind of interesting that like her her role was going straight from uh, that to going into the news because the news required still like. You know, the newsreels would, would play before the movie or you know, and so there would be like a newsreel, you'd find out what was going on in the world, then there'd be something like fun, usually like that you'd watch uh, you know, like a cartoon or something. that like, That's how those Looney Tunes cartoons and stuff kind of came about, or like um like Mickey Mouse, like it was just a short before the movie and then the movie. And it wasn't just that you'd go to the movie for like an hour and a half and like you that's know, kind of, of hang of out, like
4: <laughs> yeah.
2: your uh, you, you, your your money in would in actually
0: Yeah or your money would, uh, would kind of just buy like an experience. And that kind of connects to the whole vaudevillian, I think aspect of it, even after that, where it's like, you know, entertainment for the masses, there's not really that much going on. I mean, you know, there, there was a lot going on after the forties and then, you know, TV, and then there's kind of more ways to entertain yourself, but like going to the movies was kind of an all day, like an all afternoon thing. You just kind of kill time by doing that.
3: Yeah. You know, I I'm actually lucky enough to be just old enough to, to go to a theater that still did that. There was a, uh, dollar theater in Atlanta. Um, back, going back to, uh, designing women, they actually, they actually name checked the theater, uh, in an episode, uh, because like, it was a big deal when they were trying to tear it down, uh, uh, a while back. But, um, uh, uh, anyways, the, um, uh, in the, in the early eighties when I was real small yeah, like the, it was kind of still done like an all day thing where they, they would actually show cartoons between movies. And, uh, my dad would take me after Saturday morning cartoons and uh, I would watch some weird Italian movie, um, but like also see like uh, you know on the big screen uh, old Looney Tunes cartoons. Uh, it, it was <laughs> it was a surreal experience. And then like like it would be like you know uh, the Hercules movie where where uh, Lou Ferrigno punches a bear into space.
2: <laughs>
0: uh, do you guys want to watch one more clip and then go to the Letterbox One Liners?
3: Yes, sounds great. All right,
0: so this is uh, this is this is about dressing Jean Smart. I kind of thought this was interesting. <laughs> Yo, you should definitely put that on during your during the plugs. Just keep ragtime yes. on the whole time.
3: Hey, see? I'll, I'll see what I can do.
0: By the way, you have to remember to plug Catterwall. Um,
3: yep. No, that's in my yeah. list.
1: All right, cool. Mary, I have to say, I was completely blown away by your work in this movie, by the costumes, because I feel like, you know, there's there so many great costumes in this movie. The characters are always trying to, you know, the. They're trying to convey who they want the world to think they are through their clothes. And my favorite example of that is Eleanor, the Jean Smart character. Like, when watching the movie again tonight. Like, I just was blown away by every outfit she has. And I was wondering if you could talk a little bit about your conception of that character and what you were trying to say about her and what she's trying to say about herself through what she's wearing.
4: Um, well, first, we had the good luck to have to dress Jean Smart, who was not only statuesque and 5'10", which helped carry some of the concepts for her character, but she was, I mean, the the pitch for her was that she should be, you know, when you first meet her in the movie, you recognize who she is amongst um, many, many other people at that party. And, and it's, you remember who she is, and then she continues that sort of outrageous um, depiction of herself. And it's just that this is her, she's wants to draw as much attention to herself as all the people that she's covering in her in her writing so that was the idea is sort of an eccentric approach and like I said having Jean um play the part was an extra bonus Mm -hmm.
1: now in terms of the look of the movie I was wondering how you know what Tom was saying about this being a maximalist movie and it has such kind of wildly varying tones and it's kind of a more is more movie how does that inform the approach to the cinematography
6: oh well um it's definitely, you know, the, the, the script and what Damien was looking for in our discussions was to not make it like a typically period movie, but rather uh, our view or like a modern view of, 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 of that. But um, I think the, the general idea was to be expressive, you know, and and for me, it felt also like you don't want to light it like in an artificial way, but rather actually see how it looked back then for real and go into that gritty reality of the dirt and the sweat and the heat and the 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 sort of dingy parts of the world and reality and and um so with also with with the scope of the film being like um so big you wanted to be able to see everything um in a way like see see everything in a big scope but still go into the details and um I think um, lighting-wise, it was um, naturalistic approach, but um, with the sort of look of the film, we looked for something more expressive in a sort of impressionistic way, but like in a in an expressive way. So um, we we explored different ways of treating the film stock, and we push processed the whole film uh, to create contrast and to see uh, color better, and to, um, to and the the lighting is sort of naturalistic, right? It's just that we have a uh, had had also contrast the approach to to things in order to help the dynamic um, part of that.
0: So, what did you guys think of the scene where uh, you know she kind of Gene Smart's character, the Luella Parsons kind of character, kind of destroys Brad Pitt's um, self esteem, career, uh, and inevitably life when it, he kind of spirals out of control? I that scene I think is really well written.
4: Yeah, yeah. I was like, "Oh boy." Mm-hmm. I mean, it, I mean, again, like his character is definitely based off of John Gilbert for sure, and also too. Apparently, Nellie was supposed to be based off of Clara Bow, when, uh Emma Stone was supposed to play her character. Did you guys know that?
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, what it, I was I was gonna ask earlier, and then I completely forgot. Um, do you guys think this movie would have worked? I don't think it would. It definitely wouldn't have worked. As well, which I don't even think it worked that well in general. But like, I feel like with Emma Stone, it wouldn't have.
3: Yeah, I, I mean Emma I Stone's yeah. talented. I, I'm not gonna, you know, knock her, but I don't know. Yeah, yeah,
2: I, I feel I kind I, of. She
0: has a, a very silent know, movie face. Yes, she, like a, she does.
4: Yeah. Yes, but I just don't. Yes. and Margot Robbie kind of doesn't have a silent movie face. I mean, no. But it's so that's why I was like, oh, huh, okay. But again, I just feel like Marvel. I mean, that, that actually
3: performance... explains uh, Amazing Spider-Man because it was you know nothing but like, hey, I'm Mary Jane, see? And
0: <laughs> 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 ah, so he's like he's like watching it. He's like, we should get Tobey Maguire and uh, you know and Emma Stone up in here and uh...
3: <laughs> yeah. Uh, too 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 bad James Garfield's not available. Um...
2: <laughs>
3: we'll have a bunch the guys who's eating the rat. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I i just I think that scene so devastating and it so I mean it, it definitely it prepares you for his inevitable uh suicide scene, which is obviously really sad because you like you feel for the guy. I mean yeah you know like I i liked Brad Pitt in this. I like Brad Pitt in most things. I I never expect to like Brad Pitt in things because I feel like I feel like he's like kind of uh billed as kind of like a lightweight actor and he isn't. But like my, my favorite
4: just- my favorite Brad Pitt role is when he played the vanisher in Deadpool too.
0: <laughs> I uh I re- I really liked watching Twelve Monkeys when uh when he's just out of his fucking mind. <laughs> no,
3: seeing Twelve Monkeys yeah. in the nineties made me a fan. Um, you know, like like because uh I skipped because uh, I watched that and uh, Thelma and Louise right about the same time, mm. and I was just like, oh, <laughs> okay. Yeah. Well,
0: and then that that kind of I guess brings us to the you know the movie that this is most uh, compared to, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, which amazing movie.
4: Star Brad Pitt and Margot
3: Robbie.
0: Yeah, and th- this movie is being compared to that a lot. I don't think that that helps it out because uh, yeah. that movie is just so fucking good. I, I watched and then uh, Bruce
3: Lee is, is all over this movie, and it's crazy.
0: <laughs> I watched I watched uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood in the theater. I watched it with my brother and one of his friends, and with my dad when I still like talked to my dad, and uh, he like took us to the movies. And I remember my brother like and his friend just yelling when fucking like at the end of it when fucking Brad Pitt just goes ham and like uh you know and like like just that end scene that entire fucking end scene of the pool and shit when like you know um the girl from uh uh better things gets set on fire and shit like i remember like my brother just screaming in the theater be like (laughs) ah people just kind of staring at him
3: (laughs) ah it sounds it sounds like my congo experience when i went to go see that in college
0: i thought you meant when you went to the congo
3: no no i went to go see congo the movie with uh tim curry and, uh, my, my date and I just had like this, this great comedy comedic timing. And the people behind us thought that was the best part of the movie. Cause like, you know, we're sitting there mm-hmm. I'm like, what's Tim Curry doing with that accent? And, and she'd be like, oh, that's because, uh, Ernie, uh, Ernie, uh, Ernie Hudson has his accent. And, like, 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 yeah, I, like haven't, I haven't seen it. I not know. The, the whole thing. And, and the people behind us thought that was the funniest thing. Like,
0: well, it the, 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 uh, the once upon a time in Hollywood thing is because the girl from better. Th- Have you guys seen better things is the show with, uh, uh, Pamela. What's her name? Uh, like Louis CK's friend and Louie that he's like in love with no. uh, Pamela Alden, I think her name is. So there's a show, the girl, the girl that, uh, you know who I'm talking about that gets set on fire and that's running around at the end of uh, once upon a time in Hollywood. She's from that. That's the only other thing I've seen her in. She's like a pretty like new actress, I think. And, um, it's just such a grotesque, like, Like, she gets set on fire, and just, you watch her burn. And it's, like, it's not like that, you know, she hits with a flamethrower. And it's not like, uh, it's not like that ends, like, in a few seconds, right? Like, you literally just watch her fucking fry. And I think that's why my brother was, like, yelling in the theater. It was just, like, because he didn't expect it to go on for that long. It's kind (laughs) of like, uh, I mean, even in, even in, um... Uh, all quiet on the Western Front. Like just watching that, like the, the you know the the flamethrower scene is seen from a distance. It's not seen from like the the way it was in uh in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, where it's like you're right there. Like it almost feels like you can feel the flame when she gets fucking doused with the flamethrower. Yeah. Crazy shit. I don't know. You ready for Letterbox One-liners? Yes. <laughs>
4: hey guys, so Conan isn't here. So guess who's in charge of Letterbox One-liners? This gal. So, letterbox a place where film lovers, film haters, film curious folks gather out to discuss the <laughs> films that they loved, hated, were turned on by, were confuzzled by, and just overall loved. um Are you really <laughs> right now? Anyway, I like this further... it
0: works well enough without it, doesn't need ragtime music. Your plugs are what needs ragtime music. Yes.
4: yes. <laughs> but with that being said, here are the Letterbox One-liners for the mediocre yet <laughs> wonderful film Babylon.
0: We we got to say it because I put two uh, I put two exclamation points to the title Babylon.
4: Babylon. Okay. <laughs> if La La Land were this track to cinema.
2: <laughs> yeah.
4: <laughs> True. Overstimulation at its finest. Yeah, yeah
0: I, watching- I feel like there's almost like a, a spectrum to the ways you get overstimulated in films. Like this is one part of the spectrum. I'm not saying it's one side of the spectrum, but I feel like um uncut gems is another. Uncut gems is another Watch it when um,
4: you're high, man. It's fun. It's
0: watching uncut gems when you're high?
4: No, watching this film when you're oh, high.
0: I'm sure when you're watching this film when you're high. I haven't I haven't like, you know, taken edibles in a while, but watching uncut gems and edibles. I mean, I talked about this. Ooh. Gave me a You're fucking back. panic attack. <laughs> 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 I we I told that story when we were. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Oh,
3: I don't think edibles would really work with this movie because that that ending. You know, whenever they get down, go down to the levels of hell, you, you'd totally freak out on edibles.
0: Edibles wouldn't work for this movie because, at least for me, because I couldn't watch something for three hours on edibles. I, just, I did. It was great.
4: <laughs> Thank you, Margot Robbie, for that scene.
0: <laughs> Yo, know I, I do like what they're talking about it in the fucking uh in that clip and they're like oh his direction was uh, suck harder and it's like
3: <laughs> you, you know what i love though is the, the one scene where um uh she's like and she puts ice on her nipples she's like i don't put ice on my nipples it's natural and then she like <laughs> runs backstage puts ice on her nipples that's a gene harlow thing too by the way gene harlow would do
4: that
0: ah see you gotta put the ice on the nipples <laughs> if you want to make it in Hollywood, kid, ice on the nipples. That's what you got to do.
4: Who we'll called it Babylon and not Cocaine Margot? True. I Cocaine, mean, yeah, Mar-
0: <laughs> Cocaine Margot to the polls. <laughs> uh... Two
4: and a half. <laughs> Good movies have piss and shit and blood and vomit in them.
0: Yeah, it's it's hilarious back to back to do um this movie and uh, Triangle of Sadness, which. <laughs> I'm sad you weren't here for it because all of us wanted to hear your take on it. But we will on Sunday when we do the Oscars, I guess. Uh, yep. But um, yeah, like that's another movie that has literal piss, shit, blood, and vomit in it. <laughs>
4: yeah, literally.
0: He, uh, you know, they, what's the thing? I was shitting and pissing and something. <laughs> well,
4: Once upon a time in Hollywood, but in the twenties.
0: Yeah, I mean, I don't think it benefits from that comparison though, because that movie's so good
3: yeah yeah i mean this is this is a mediocre movie that has lots of really great things about it
0: yeah this is like a beautiful beautiful yet mediocre uh movie like i'm assuming some of those silent film stars
4: (laughs) this review may contain spoilers i can handle the truth (laughs) a lot of people wrote that one in (laughs) but yeah those were the letterbox one-liners for babylon you can find forest up there over at Moving He always does all the films that we go over. If you are wanting to look at some interesting reviews, J. Andrew World's got you because he's watching all the shit that you probably don't want to watch. And Conan's obviously on there. Follow him for the Criterion Challenge and I'll come back eventually.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
0: um my my review for this, I'm gonna to try to do it off the top of my head, I guess. But it, it was something like uh if you gave if you gave Ryan Murphy um shrooms and made sure he had a bad trip and then asked him to describe the plot of singing in the rain, that's this movie. <laughs> that is yeah, so
3: true. I, I compared it to <laughs> that uh to, to that movie uh where where um uh Werner, Hargaw, uh, Hogar, well, Werner, Ber- Werner Herzog uh Werner Herzog brings a boat up the mountain, but like it's an elephant that shits on you in the first minute.
0: I was, then, I was
3: like Whoa! two hours later zombie Toby McGuire shows up and it gets weird.
0: <laughs> I feel like there's definitely a joke in there where you could be like that elephant is a symbol of the Republican Party as like they you know they're like they're like going downhill and they're all trying to save it and the elephant shits on them. That's like the Republican Party and its voters.
3: <laughs> but I think it is time for the plugs. All right, yes. kid, see? All right,
0: we we yes. we're doing the plugs. Brought to you by, uh, brought to you by Lockheed Martin, Raytheon, and of course <laughs> asbestos. Asbestos. Put it on all your food.
3: It's yes. asbestos can be. <laughs> oh wait, I'm getting a commercial in the middle of my ragtime music. Yeah.
4: <laughs> <laughs>
0: when, um, uh, when somebody gets brain damage from asbestos, they're doing asbestos they can.
4: <laughs> oh, that's right. That's terrible. asbestos can be.
3: Hmm. But anyways, you're watching us on YouTube, likely, so please do those Oh, likely, wait, uh we're still making you know, jokes.
0: Around no, I was most likely like around asbestos as a kid because uh, they didn't take the asbestos out of the city of Newports buildings where my mom worked and like I spent a lot of my fucking time uh, until I think like two thousand and twelve or Ooh, something. Like
3: <laughs> Well, anyways, right now, if this thing will play you're watching us on YouTube, so please do those YouTube things. Like, comment, subscribe, hit that bell. Ding, ding. And please watch the video to the end because you get much better music than this ragtime music. Let me tell you, kids. It's
0: not like a gay man on cocaine.
3: <laughs> isn't, isn't that how they used to do this stuff? Ah, yeah, see? Yeah, see? I'm a gay man on cocaine. Great. Follow us <laughs> on Twitter. You
0: realize I'm clipping that, right?
3: <laughs> Probably um but yeah no follow us uh follow us on twitter we got a facebook and we got an instagram so if you want to check out uh artwork before the show starts uh see see other fun things uh sometimes we have wacky conversations um <laughs> like right <you> know. now <laughs> yes like right now sometimes, Yo, yeah, sometimes i
0: keep my uh social you know, media network so i keep my plug that's that's actually called the count, you know, his name's the count. And, uh, you know, I, I keep him by, by my side while we do the after party. He, uh, he slits me a little, you know, he slits me some of those bennies, you know what I mean? Like, uh, right out of the inhaler actually. And I, and I keep popping them and then, you know, the after parties, they get wild for that reason. You know what I mean? What show hey. is that guy in by the way? That guy was in some, Sesame uh, Sesame street. No, the, 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 count? the count in this, the guy that has the cape on. That's like the guy that, uh, that, that he goes to see Toby McGuire with.
4: Oh, that
0: guy. Yeah, that guy. in this is like, call me the count. This is-
2: oh, I
4: want yeah. to suck your blood. <laughs>
0: but, uh, so that that guy was in some like show for like a season or something, and he was really annoying. He was like, it was like a show that was supposed to be like The Office, that like, and he was supposed to be like
3: the Dwight Schrute kind of character. And you know. sorry, sorry, I, I don't know what you're talking about. But uh, you know what, we do know what we're talking about. Is we have a Patreon, and the big thing about the Patreon is you can get access to our bonus content, our after parties forever so uh yeah. yeah yeah see you'll live forever don't <laughs> live, worry live forever in the after bodies. um conan is not with us but uh really important um uh if you want to have uh more conan in your life you can get that this week because on Protonic reversal he's going to have uh donna diane of juno uh which is going to be really exciting she's uh kind of reinventing heavy metal music and uh like uh check check out her music video if you uh Want to know what we're talking about. Um, and uh, also the big uh, news is that uh, Catterwall tickets are for sale right now. So please go to catwall.org get your tickets, um, uh, show up. You might recognize a few people doing media work there.
0: Uh. Yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's the 26th, 27th, 28th, and 29th. And, uh, you know, it has this great list of, of, of bands that are playing uh you can see it yeah including Catterwall. action chief
3: and and uh Cody Neutron of the secret friends at the same at the same place and Amazing. uh and
0: Moon pussy never heard of them but their name is is Moon pussy.
3: that's nice <laughs> sounds great <laughs> I love it that sounds great
0: on uh on Monday that week they have a surprise secret band so I had to hear about what that is when they when they surprise everyone but this is the website Catterwall 2023 Four-day passes are on sale right now. Yeah, there's so so check that out. A, there's a playlist with all the band music, you know.
3: Yeah, and, and if you if you dig this, what you're hearing right now, it doesn't sound anything like any of this.
0: <laughs> yes. Yeah. See, Cattlewalt Festival. Funny, 20, funny. Hey,
3: festival. <laughs> um, but but all the best do one right time. <laughs> If you do want to get some Conan music in your life before Catterwall, go to neutronfriends.bandcamp.com and you can uh, order uh, Dangerous Nomenclature, which is the most recent album, or of course um, I forgot the name of the album I did the uh, cover for, the the single I did the cover for. Um, What is it? Cry Bullies. Cry Bullies. It's Cry Bullies. I know what it is.
0: It's the one one that's about my Twitter output. (laughs) The people that
3: I did the uh, I did the album art for uh, the uh, single "Cry Bully," so you can go check that out if you need more Conan Utah music in your life. Take it away, heavy metal ragtime. <laughs> so, Christina, you got a Twitch channel? Yes. And uh, you got anything uh, planned this week? Uh, I'm uh, I'm
4: actually going on Dig on America tomorrow night on Twitch. That's gonna be fun. Another podcast stream to go on. But I'm streaming after this, so yeah.
0: You're uh you're invited all over the place,
4: man. Yeah, yeah.
0: Uh, we're on uh what um worst week the, yet?
2: Yeah, yeah.
4: That was fun. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, they really he, want to he, come on this podcast. They're they're like, when we getting on this?
2: Oh
4: <laughs> hell yeah.
0: Well, Which I've been like fun. I've been you know like cool with uh with Kennedy for a while. They like actually sent me work. Um, yeah, because i a uh, commentator. Doing a. <laughs> Doing, doing, doing like Democratic Party ads um, for like Detroit Action or whatever. in last summer, uh, they sent me like a bunch of stuff to do on that, which I like made some money doing that. I was happy to do that. Worst available movie, for not yet? A- available for work. Uh. <laughs>
3: yes, there's a plug for Cone uh, for uh, Forrest right there.
0: <laughs> ah, plug me, Daddy. That's the yeah. new, <laughs> the new song taking the airwaves. Plug me, Daddy. <laughs> Pluggers. <laughs> Andy and his ragtime band.
3: Yes. <laughs> All right. Also, uh, if you uh, can, uh, you want to buy Christina coffee? Go buy her a coffee right now. Uh, go to uh, ko-fi. Uh, dot com. Right. Yep. Slash Cosmopolitics. Yes. Slash Cosmopolitics, and buy her a coffee.
0: Yes. And there's uh, there's there's one more big thing we got to plug.
3: Uh. Well, her throne. Yes. That too. Whatever. It was it throne.me,
4: Right. <laughs> it's throneme slash yeah throneme slash cosplay politics buy me something nice help me yeah. redecorate my streaming space
3: <laughs> yeah so, so if you want to get something nice for christine
4: oh yeah we got to talk about that
3: too yeah all right so
0: today you know it was kind of low i key. love how
4: it's like me and Conan are like the host of this
0: well he he bitched about you know not not getting the credit he did he, he deserves he, he deserves a deserve. lot of credit yeah so you know, but I just thought like the first thing that I did was, oh, all right, you want the credit that I put his name first and also my name. I'm I'm pretty selfless. I don't get enough credit for how selfless I am. Um, <laughs> I'm always putting myself last, and I think hey, I yes. get some credit for that. No, um, uh, yeah. So the Oscars uh, tonight was kind of low key. We didn't even like you know bother really to get a guest or whatever. Which I you know it's fun to just hang out. But um, Sunday is gonna be our big show. We're going to be covering the Oscars live, which uh, essentially probably means watching the Oscars feed as they update things and then giving you guys the updates. Which, I mean, I think we're I'll at have least my 20, laptop ready
4: with the feed and have closed captions on so that we can't be seen or heard. Which uh, it,
0: it, it actually cracks me up that because um, I completely forgot about the Moonlight La La Land switch up uh, until I made that intro. Jimmy Kimmel, once again hosting the oscars which is oh
4: nice. oh y'all know what's gonna happen avatar best picture no 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 no, guys no 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 no. everything everywhere all wants one that's what's gonna happen mark my words
0: by the way I'm, I'm, I'm screenshotting i'm screenshotting this everybody complains when i screenshot wrong so i'm screenshotting the screen right now all right <laughs> um yeah i it would be funny if it's a curse though like <laughs> they're like <laughs> yes. uh it's the out. one
4: Jimmy
0: Kimmel. They're gonna be like, "All right, sound design goes to they just fuck with Damien Chazelle nonstop." Sound design goes to they're like, uh, "You know, Babylon," and he gets up with everybody on stage, and they're like, "Oh man, we meant to say like the Fablemans."
2: <laughs>
3: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that'd be great. That I'm looking forward to this. This will yeah. hopefully be fun. Just uh We're not done with the plugs. I got two more plugs, see? Uh, yeah, uh, I actually want to plug myself for uh, for a change because Ooh. last night uh, I had a fun time on Ben Burgess's show without Ben Burgess. you uh, But you can, put, you can uh, catch, if you uh, uh, subscribe, you can see me reading the poetry of Jordan Peterson.
0: Oh boy. Well, I, I have so many, so many cursed thoughts in my head that
3: I want to, you know, get rid of. <laughs> you know, the crazy thing is the song he uh, wrote and performed actually is pretty good trends gems bands, bands. Uh, it's, it's,
2: <laughs> it's, it's crazy
3: it's, it's, it's absolutely nuts um the poetry is horrendous they're like these uh, little couplets where, where he uh so- uh rhymes about child abuse um most of them end about like children being raped it's really disgusting it once um, was a young kid named danny he got it right in the fanny
2: <laughs> Not that <No>. <laughs> but they're all in
3: alphabet it's all alphabet so, so it's like it would start off with like somebody's name and then like he tries to alliterate the first line the first couplet of uh of it with uh uh is all alliterated too it's it's it is horrible it is it is some of the worst shit you've ever read um because some of them all were just these failed actors
4: committed. and singers man they just become conservative commentators
0: well, have you guys but, seen the Have you guys seen the uh, the Michael Knowles uh, acting reel?
3: Oh God, I don't want to. Yeah.
0: He, well, so he was only in. He went to Yale for a fucking theater. He was only in like a few web series, and then made like a couple cameos in the background of TV shows before the Daily Wire. Like pity hired him because everybody at that fucking place is a pity hire. It's either yes. it's either a pity hire of someone who was a failed screenwriter, failed producer, failed actor, or someone like either Jordan Peterson or Matt Walsh. Who uh, like just can't get a job anywhere else because they're just out of their fucking minds. So like he's he's the uh, yeah he he's the failed acting side of it. So that I, like, I, I'm ready for worry. the
4: sequel that explains all of this called Babylon Two Conservative Bogaloo. <laughs> yeah.
2: I will say
3: Babylon Five is nuts. Um, <laughs> I love it to death, but it is nuts that it somehow goes from this to 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 where they go in Babylon Five.
0: You guys aren't ready for the flacos, the big.
3: <laughs> yes. Block block up, right? <laughs> but but I do have one last uh um uh plug. Uh this this is uh Oscar Month. Uh Oscars always remind me of my friend Eric who absolutely loved him. Uh, you know, and uh since this movie does contain uh, an important plot point of suicide, I do want to say to people who, who are out there hurting, hey man, uh we care. Uh take take care of yourself. There are some resources I'm gonna give you right now if uh, if you need help. So um, you can call or text 988 in uh, the United States. Uh, That'll, that'll get you help, Um, uh, which is uh, fantastic. It's uh, that, 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 that number is so easy to remember too. 988.
0: Yeah. I don't Um, know if like the number of suicides in the area by me has like gone up, but uh, on the bridges now, all like, on mid Hudson bridge. And I mean, I think somebody jumped off the Rhinebeck bridge and died mm-hmm. recently. Like that's where they usually go. Cause it's a, this is a scenic bridge, I guess. Yeah, but uh, it's pretty high you know, now they now put the, the nine eight eight signs when you go drive yeah. past and it's like the, somebody cares. And I realized that they put up like now twice the billboards. So I'm like, this is really a hard time for people.
3: It is. And that's part of the reason why I wanted to do this. Because like I said, you know, this is, uh, it, I'm glad we didn't cover the Oscars last year. Cause I, I don't know if I could have handled it. Um, but, and, uh, uh,
0: if you, if you send me like a picture of your friend or something, I can do a little bit of a tribute. I'm going to do some kind of intro for the Oscars. So I can, yeah. I can yeah. Do...
3: Um, uh, also check out, uh, his movie, uh, scabs. It's a uh, gay vampire movie. Um, he has a small part in it. He plays a clerk. Um, he's also like, does like, uh, assistant directing camera work. Like, like he's like all behind the scenes, but, uh, uh, he, he was very involved with that. And, uh, puddle cruisers was his first on screen appearance. Um, was a, uh, remember broken lizard guys, the guys who did, uh, um, uh, super, was a super troopers. Yeah. 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 The bro- broken lizard guys. Um, they, they, uh, he, he was in uh, one of their early films. Uh, they, 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 as like a real small part as like, uh, in a courtroom scene, um, which he, he ended up like getting on set as an extra and got like an actual, like speaking part, uh, truck them into giving him a speaking part which is which is awesome uh but uh yeah um,
0: um i had i had a friend that uh i i guess his older brother committed suicide but um i i completely forgot i was part of this until he just announced that he released it i think two weeks ago um he had this movie he made called suicide eyes where mm. he tried to like grapple with his uh his his older brother's death by like it it was it was a crazy film shoot because i sometimes i do like short film shoots for people like you know like i get involved with it i I wasn't like shooting it or anything but i was you know i was holding like a a mic and like kind of helping out with whatever needs to get helped out on the set and he got like a coffin and everything and put himself in the coffin and like envisioned his own funeral but as his brother like it was Mm. kind of it was really touching he did like this whole this whole film shoot we like spent days doing it he did another film shoot afterwards um also spelled my name wrong on the imdb thing
2: but (laughs) 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 but um
0: yeah he premiered that recently and i don't know when it's going to be i think he's right now doing like theater um like in movie theaters he's doing like uh premieres of it but at some point it's going to be um available for streaming somewhere
3: okay well keep us updated on that so so we could uh plug it because uh yeah, get, get your work I have, out there. I
0: have a I have a picture somewhere of uh he, he took a picture of himself and like as if it was his funeral and then got into the coffin. And there he had like a, I think there was like 10 or 15 of us really like helping out with this entire film shoot in, in like a church and everything. And uh it, it was nuts. Like this guy kind of can like was able to watch his own his own funeral back almost. Mm. Like uh I don't know, he's a kid I knew from like middle school and stuff like for a really long time, but um kind of fascinated to see that when it comes out on streaming.
3: Yeah. Yeah. I'm looking forward to that too. Um, But just let me just run through a couple couple more numbers real quickly. Uh, So we got 988. Uh, The national number also is 1-800-273-8255. If you're trans and you need help, we we love you. And you can call 1-877-565-8860. The uh, Trevor uh, LGBTQ uh, Youth Lifeline, um, 1-866-488-7386. And finally, the uh, if you're a veteran out there and you're hurting, um, we also care about you. And uh, we want you to call 1-800-273-8255 and then press 1.
0: All right. Um, yeah, I'll, I'll do a little bit of a um, – I want to do some kind of intro for the Oscars. Not sure what I want to do yet, but, you know, we have like a few days to figure it out. Um, I finally get my ADHD meds tomorrow, so I'm going to – probably start working on something tomorrow and try to i'm gonna like send you guys like frantic texts of like look what i just did and it's just gonna be he's white over and over and over again but i i'll work in some kind of tribute for your friend if you want to send me
3: yeah i'm tribute. looking forward to that where you're just like he's white
0: <laughs> <laughs> and he's friend he's white yeah well yeah <laughs> um, i mean he
3: was, was born in israel which is gonna make you make it hard for you to make but I mean, they
0: did. They did did have good pickles there. Um, (laughs) 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 When 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 we were in the city, we went to a taco place and, you know, I love pickles like, you know, pickles are like one of my favorite things to eat like i you know and i, and I drink pickleback, so i go to the bar like i like like i love pickles and the like the one taco that looked really good was like uh it was like i think it was carne asada and uh israeli pickles yes. and i was <laughs> but i was like i was like i don't want to eat these these are israeli but, but i like tried them and i was like oh i hate the part type
3: pickles are great <laughs>
0: <laughs> but uh christina let's uh let's hear some final thoughts
4: Alright, so obviously I'm a huge Margot Robbie fan, so anything she does, I'm going to watch. I just can't help myself. I love her. Was this film a masterpiece? No. But it did portray a really, you know, fucked up, you know, pre-Hays Code Hollywood. Uh, the editing is great. It's a very chaotic film. Beautifully, you know, the pay- like, obviously the movie's very long. But, like, the editing, uh, the shots, um were pretty great. Uh, The costume designs, even set designs were were really good. Uh, It's a beautiful film to look at. Could have been a little bit shorter, could have been a little bit better, but I do think that this would be considered Oscar bait that kind of did not, that didn't actually like fall through.
0: Which is is surprising because, you know, I mean, (laughs) Green Book, (laughs) probably a fucking worst movie, just got eaten up by them. Like you, like the the Oscars seem very, uh, when someone makes Oscar bait, it's rare that it doesn't land with the people that, you know, judge the Oscars. Like, yeah. (laughs) Um, but, uh, Andy final thoughts,
3: you you know, uh, the, the categories that this movie is nominated for, it definitely deserves those nominations. Uh, you know, there, there is no doubt about that. Uh, the acting in this movie is spectacular. I just wish this was a better movie. It, It really, um, It's it absolutely you should definitely watch this, though, like, you know, beware. Yes, it's three hours. Yes, it's mediocre. But the thing, the brilliant thing I loved about it is is you you go through this whole movie and then the guy sits down and watches Singing in the Rain, which is, you know, basically the movie you just watched, except um, uh, he ends up having a Kubrick-esque drug trip in the middle of it. and, And like. it's it's kind of perfect it's it's like the the best possible ending that you could have and uh, i really do think it um uh there is some profundity to this mediocre film And, and that's that's the thing that frustrates me is that it's so mediocre but has such great moments to it
0: yeah well and and i think that um a lot of people didn't like the ending i i liked the ending because i think that you know the the very beginning i mean he's coked out of his fucking mind and he, and he, it, it and we didn't talk about how much like drug use is in this movie it's oh my god it's, an it's insane like,
3: it makes cocaine bear look like it's uh, clean and sober bear
0: <laughs> but uh yeah so but it, it's not even like a drug trip he like he comes back to hollywood and this whole thing has been so traumatic obviously and like i i kind of find it fascinating that throughout it he's clearly not um able to watch movies right like he's getting busier and busier and he's becoming like an executive at this uh you know, at, at at the studio and everything. And it's it's kind of fascinating that it's a person rediscovering their love of movies, which after a movie where it's been such a um, traumatic ride, and it seems like it hates this era of Hollywood almost like um, like him rediscovering his love of movies is almost like Damien Tazelle at the end of it, uh, giving you kind of his own catharsis where it's like, I still love movies. I might not like uh, this, this, you know, this era of it. Um, But this is, this is my final uh, playoff. Andy, can you do the the uh the ragtime? Oh, oh, give me a second. <laughs>